My name is Tracy Doan, and I serve in the high school ministries as a small group leader. Our scripture reading today is from Romans 12 and 1 Peter 4. Let us stand for the reading of God's word. Romans 12, 1 through 8. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to if it is giving, then give graciously, generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God. You may be seated. I want to show you a verse that Tracy just read, but in a different version, First uh, Peter 4.10 from the New Living Translation. Uh, that God has given each of you gifts from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well. For what reason? To serve one another. Uh, that's what I want to talk to you about today. Now, for those of you who have heard me preaching for the last eight and a half years, you know very well that God, during my high school years, put a deep dream inside of my heart that with all the divisions <clears throat> that we had in our community and in our world, that I would be able to experience uh, unity across those divisions. Uh, and that's what the church is supposed to be. But I didn't experience it or, or, or see it very often. One thing that I've learned over all of these years is that the whole world longs for that. Uh, the whole world longs to somehow we'll come together. We've tried to have laws to make it happen. When things go wrong, we try to use uh, police force or military force to make it happen. We sometimes hope that politicians might actually bring us together. But one thing I've learned is probably this unity across those walls is not going to happen through political maneuvering, through better laws, though I, I pray always for good laws. Uh, through, through political or uh, military or police might. It can only happen through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ operating through the power of the Holy Spirit within a community of people called the local church like, like Lake Avenue Church is supposed to be. We should be the evidence 
that all of the things that divide our world can be broken down through the coming of Jesus Christ and the gift of his Holy Spirit. So that's what we are supposed to be. But you know this is not easy for us, right? So how is that going to happen? That we can get from the, what the pattern of this world is to a place where we just demonstrate the unity of God. The, the God who's always existed as three but one. That we are to demonstrate his unity through our own unity. Well today I'm going to come to one of the keys I think. And I, I've written it here for you to consider. I think one key to this kind of unity across the, the racial, uh, generational, how old we are or, or gender or how much money we make, or how much education we have, all these, who we're going to vote for, all these things that promise to divide us. One, one key is very practical that God's word gives to us over and over again, and that is that you and I actually serve together. We serve together toward a commonly held goal that we are going to further the kingdom of God in this world, and it's going to happen together, and as we do, it draws us together. Do you believe that's true? Well, I've, I was asking our pastors and ministry council if they did and if they could give me a few stories about that. And I got some good ones. I'll show you a few this morning. One of the first ones uh, that I got and the first one I want to share is from our worship leader, Jeremy Rose. Now, I wanted, it happened while he was in high school and Jeremy's sitting right over here. I wanted him to give me a picture of him in high school. He wouldn't give it to me. The downside, Jeremy, is that you are in the church where your mom your mom's in our church, so you couldn't hide. You look just the same, Jeremy, exactly the same. And here's what Jeremy wrote, and it's something that all of us who have done this have experienced. Just listen. Jeremy said, when I was a freshman in high school, I went on my first mission trip to Mexico uh, to build houses with other students from the youth group here at Lake. Uh, Upperclassmen didn't typically associate much with lowerclassmen. They see it's always been this way, hasn't it? still is. It's just the way we divide ourselves. He said, we were such a mix of different grades, different ethnicities, and we were all from different schools. However, when we spent a few days together camping in the dirt and traveling each morning to the middle of the village to build a house, we became closer than you could ever imagine. And then this, this is the phrase. I put it up here so you could read it. Jeremy, I really appreciated this. And from that day forward, when I walked into the youth group room, I had deep bonds with many. I was no longer a mere freshman sitting on the sidelines. I was a core member of the group. And this sense of belonging has had a deep and lasting effect on our life. And I think we're blessed by so much of that. You see, what I am praying about today is that you'll be able to experience a lot of what uh, Jeremy gives testimony to. And I thought, how do I get us there? There are so many great texts that we could look at about this matter of how God uses us serving together. But I'll take you to one that has been um, a very significant text for me and my own ministry, and that's Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Uh, Tracy read that for us just a few moments ago. And, and what I want to do is to allow that text from the Apostle Paul written to a church in Rome uh, to simply uh, guide us through this a little bit. And then I'm going to come back and, and, and see what we can learn from it. All right? Let, let's just walk through it quickly. Uh, lesson one. Um, when you come to God the Father through faith in Jesus, you are also made a member of his family. All right, so many people, they come to love God. That happened in the New Testament days too. I, I really want to come to know God as my Father. But then he says to you, I've got to tell you something. 
you have that Waybright guy as your brother too. You see, we're, we're stuck with one another, stuck by God himself. And so he says there in chapter 12, verse 5, in Christ, what happens is this, we who are many then form one body and each member belongs to the others. Now, it all starts, this whole thing of us being brought into one body, it all starts with a beautiful phrase in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And I'll show it to you. Look at it here. He begins this thing, therefore, he says, because this verse, chapter 12, verse 1, depends on everything that happens in Romans 1 through 11, which is all about God's mercy. Hallelujah. That we've all fallen short. Uh, God knows us and loves us in spite of our sins, and he's ready to show mercy. And it ends at chapter 11 with this great chorus of praise, singing hallelujah to God for what he has done. So he said, in view of that, Here's what you how you respond. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. That's what worship is about. It goes on to say, offer your minds. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Now, when you look at that great phrase, that's what we're supposed to do. But it, you might think, when you read that on its own, without seeing the rest, that being a Christian means you make your own individual commitment to Jesus, and then you sort of do it on your own. I grew up in West Virginia. We had an old gospel song. I wonder if any of you here have ever heard it. It, it goes, now there's just Jesus and me, a long life's pathway. Anybody ever heard, sung that song? Anybody ever heard it? About three of us. <laughs> I'm glad. Never sing it again. Never. It is, it, is, it is baloney. It is not true. Whatever phrase you want to use, because what happens in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it flows directly, the very same sentence, into verses 3 and 8 that tells us that we become one body. I call it one family. Paul uses this beautiful illustration of a body that we become a part necessarily of one another and we are to function with one another. So listen, uh, when you become a Christian, you don't become sort of a religious hermit. <laughs> sitting at home and watching a TV preacher, you become a part of a family where we serve one another. Uh, Ed Dayton, this has been long a part of Lake Avenue Church. Ed Dayton, some, some of you know him, was a major Christian leader here and, and a major part of our church. He wrote a wonderful book, and here's just a phrase he used. Uh, when we become believers, he wrote, it creates a you, Y-O-U, <laughs> a U-shaped hole in the body of Christ that we are to fill. So here's the way it works, he wrote. We use our gifts then to enhance the body, and it's all for the glory of Christ, who then is going to present us all before the Father as blameless. See, don't you think this um, illustration in Romans 12 of us being like a body is so vivid? Uh, I think, so if you take different body parts, like an eyeball, you're, you're envisioning this, or, or, or a liver, or something, and you take it out of the body, it's not going to function very well. It, it's not even going to survive. In the same way we've been brought together into one body, uh, where the whole body doesn't do well if we're not playing our part, where every part is so important to the metabolism and the functioning of the body. And, and alone, you know, we just, well, we can hardly survive. See, what happens when you become a part of the body is the life of the body and the head is Jesus flows right through you. So it might be if you've come to church today and you say, I don't seem to be making any progress in my walk with God. Or uh, maybe you say, God seems to be so far away. It could be so many things. 
But one of the things may be that you're not serving in the family of God. Because when you actually are functioning within the larger church family, you will feel the life of God per- permeating through you. You'll bless others and you'll become stronger yourself. So that's the first lesson he gives us here. Lesson number two. So then, when you know that you're a part of this body, God, who's the Father, he commands you, yes, it's not a suggestion, to evaluate humbly and honestly the role that you should play in his church. So you have verse 3. Don't miss it. It is an order by Scripture. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. So don't be so proud as to say, this is who I am and this is the gift I want to use and better let me do it. No, no, no. Don't do that. But instead, think of yourself with sober judgment and then go simply serve by the leading of God among your brothers and sisters. Now, here's what I want us to do. I think you and I should consistently sit down with God's word and sometimes together with our brothers and sisters in a small group and begin asking the Lord, Lord, where would you have me to serve? What role, Father, you... It's at the great cost of the blood of your son that I'm even able to be in this body and you have brought me so wonderfully into this group of of people. And I see here you have told me to evaluate humbly and honestly what role you would have me to play. What role would you have me to play in this church? I'll tell you, if you don't do it, our whole church will hurt because the role that you're supposed to play will go unfilled. Or somebody else will have to step in who might not be gifted for that area. So this is what I wanted you to do, even during the sermon. You can even tune out. You might do it anyway. But I'll even give you pastoral permission to tune out if you'll take the time and really prayerfully say, Lord, as Pastor Greg speaks and even during these moments, help me to see what role you would have me to play in your church family. See, we're we're commanded by Scripture to do that. Which brings me to the third lesson. I just want you to know you do have a God-appointed, God-gifted role to play in your church family. In, In 1 Corinthians 12, another text that talks about this, it makes it very clear that these different gifts that are given to serve the rest of the church are given by the Holy Spirit, that that they are appointed and distributed by God himself, the Holy Spirit. So here's the question again. You've already heard me answer it, but I wondered if you were listening. Um, These spiritual gifts that you and I have, who gives the gifts? All right. This is good. This is much better than 9 o'clock. It's kind of weak still. Maybe we, need, maybe we need like a one o'clock service uh, to do that. But it's so clear. It's not a hard question, is it? God is the one who gives it. And when you start thinking about the implications of that, God would not give unimportant gifts. Every person in the church family and every gift that God gives to every person in the church family, they're given by God. They are important, significant to God and for us. I'll tell you, I think the problem is that sometimes um, churches, we, we tend to value certain gifts more than others. It certainly was true in the Bible days. If you read 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, there were certain very supernatural sign gifts that, that, that when you had those gifts, you sort of thought when you read it that you're more spiritual than the others. And, and those who didn't have them, they just wanted to have the, those gifts. And Paul says, no, 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 the, God is the one who's given this gift. They're all important. Now, now in our church, I've thought about this. Which gifts do you think are most important to us at a church like Lake Avenue Church? 
don't you think it might, we, many of us might think it's preaching or teaching or maybe leading in worship with music. And let me tell you, those are important gifts. But when you think of the illustration of a body, it can't be that that's, that's the most important thing. Can, can you think if, if the preacher or teacher, if that's the, the main gift that always has to be there, it would be like us just being one big tongue. Or would it be lips? Whatever it is, it's a grotesque thought even to think about it that way. It is important. It is important. But every gift is important to the entire body. Uh, let me just show you one verse. I love this verse. My son Brandon, who's been here this weekend, who's an artist, loves this verse too. It's uh, Exodus chapter 31, verses 1, and it goes on. And, and this is what happens. The, the people of God didn't have a place to worship. Just like us, they needed to, the people of Israel need to have a place where they could come and worship together. So the Lord comes to Moses. That's what he says. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill and ability and knowledge to... To what? To preach, maybe, huh? To do miracles, maybe. No, 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 to be a craftsman, to make things, <laughs> to build something that, that, uh, that would serve the people of God. And from this, don't you see that at the times where we have certain needs as a family, God raises people up and fills us with his spirit so that we have all we need to do what God has called us to do. Sometimes the spiritual gifts are things like being a carpenter or an artist or a building. Sometimes it's to have financial acumen. I've thought that in our world, sometimes when people look at a church, they wonder, I wonder if they're using that money in an honest and a proper way. We need people who know how to look at those things and do proper accounting. It is a spiritual matter in the life of the church. I've often thought that those who have real capacity in law so that everything we do is done in a way that is proper and legal within the culture and society where God puts you. It is a spiritual gift given to the body so that we can do things that will not dishonor the name of the God who is in this place. So all of that is just to say uh, that so many kinds of acts of service that when they are done for the building up of the family of God and the body of Christ, they are spiritual acts of worship. So today I do want you to take time to consider the place that our Lord would have you to serve within this, your church family. And as you learn more and more to serve here, so many of you are. This is a serving church. Many of us are still looking for that place where we should be. But as you begin, don't you see, as you develop a way of service, even within the church, it develops sort of a DNA of service, a culture of service in our lives, so that when you leave church, and, and somebody with needs comes across your path. Sometimes in the name of Christ, it just becomes an extension of your service to reach out and bring his blessings. Uh, there are a thousand ways this can happen. So some of you who have Instagram accounts, you might think, ah, maybe I can serve the glory of God and the outreach and witness to Jesus by simply letting people know that I truly do love Jesus and, and have a body of people that, that, I, that I appreciate and with whom I do life uh, who are committed to Jesus. See, there are just a thousand ways uh, to go out and to help kids in our public schools uh, do well in, in their education when they've been struggling. In the name of Christ, you see, these are ways that we can serve. We've got to broaden our understanding 
of how God gives his spirit to further his work within the life of the body and then say, Lord, where would you have me to serve? I just want to assure you of this this morning in this message. When you ask Jesus into your life, you will discover that God gives his spirit to you. You're going to discover, because it happens. And sometimes you really sense the presence and power of the Spirit when you step out to serve. You will find that the Spirit of God empowers you to play a significant role in what God is doing in the church and in the lives of other people. Which brings me to my last lesson. I think we should just begin serving, as the Bible tells us to, and then let the family members with whom you are serving help direct and encourage your service. Uh, the way that verses 6 through 8 are translated can be done in a couple of ways. Uh, Our simply says, if you do this, then do it generously if it's giving. Uh, it could be, and I think also rightly translated, if a person is doing this, let him. Almost in a sing-song-like way. If your gift is this, and the church sees it, let him or let her serve in that place. On and on and on again. I've experienced this happening in a church. See, when I was in high school, and Jeremy, I didn't, get a picture of me in high school because <laughs> my mom's not in the church. So when, when I was in high school, I wanted to study law. I've, I've told you that before. And I was planning in my senior year to go to West Virginia University and, and to study pre-law there. When during that year, on a rather frequent basis, people in the life of the church came to me and said, Greg, we've been watching you all these years and we think you have the gifts for pastoral ministry redirected my life to go to Bible school and then on to Wheaton College and then on to seminary and to follow the Lord. And in fact, uh, a few years ago, when for some reason the Lord pulled me out of being a pastor to be a university president for those 12 years, when the call came from Lake Avenue Church uh, to step back into a role like this, what rang in my ears was what I had heard from my church family and continued to hear from the people with whom I worshiped. It's one of those things that as we recognize those gifts in one another's lives, we, we say, let them do that. Let him do that and help direct one another's lives in that way. What, what it means is we have to be close, uh, close enough connected to one another that as we're serving, we can see the impact that somebody is having in that ministry that they are engaging in. And then we have to have uh, the compassion and the courage to go up to a person and, and tell them you know, I've, I've been watching you working with our children. I've been watching you do this. I think God's spirit is upon you to continue ministry in that way. He uses you so powerfully. See, don't you see that's what he's getting at? So that when you see it within the body, we help direct one another to those places that God would have us to serve. If they do this, let him or let her. Now, I do think, and you have, have to listen here. I do think that if we see a person serving and we don't think the Lord is used, then don't let him. What, what do you think of that? I think that would be harder than the let him piece. Uh, and sometimes we don't want somebody to tell us that. But I'll, I'll just tell you this. Um, I have experienced it. And I'll, I'll tell you when it happened. I was a, a young pastor, pastoring in, in Wisconsin. And actually, I had preached on that one Sunday from the same text. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. When I went home after church, uh, I, Chris was there. And, and our, our, our faucet wasn't working in the kitchen. So I got out my tools, and uh, against her better judgment, I went in to fix it. 
So as I got started on this thing, within just a few minutes, she, she already knew I should all know, the water, hot, scalding water was just spouting up out of there. I had to get down and turn the water off, and I had to call the head of the trustees of the church because it was a parsonage. Do you know what a parsonage is? It's a church-owned house. So I called the head of the trustees, and I said, Carlton, he was friend, Carlton, come over. I've just really messed this thing up. So he ran right over, and um, it took him longer to uh, get it cleaned up than it did for me to mess it up. And then Chris also had to, all that had to happen. And at the end, he, he stopped. He said, Pastor Greg. <laughs> I just got to tell you something. He said, uh, I loved your sermon this morning. He said, uh, it really encouraged me. It, it, it showed me how God can use me in the many, many different ways. It really encouraged me. But right now as I leave, I've got to apply your sermon to you. <laughs> you preach the sermons, I'll do the plumbing. And out the door he went. And I think Chris was saying, amen, amen. You see, the point is that no man, woman, boy, or girl has every gift uh, actually, I think God in so many ways built us this way, that each one of us on our own is incomplete. But when we come together, we need one another, and it forges our lives together, and some beautiful things happen when we're serving alongside of one another. Well, what kind of things happen? I've jotted down a few for you. I think when you serve, you grow yourself spiritually. Over the past three weeks, I've been talking about the three essential connections that your pastors and ministry council have said. These are the three essential areas that we think you need for your spiritual growth within the life of Lake Avenue Church. We're to worship together. Uh, we're to find a grace-filled community where we do life with one another. But I think of those two pieces as um, the intake that we need to grow. It's kind of like physically. We need, we need intake, don't we? To grow. We need food. Uh, and we also need counsel. And we need to rest. So, but, but just think about that physically. If all I did was uh, eat food and then listen to somebody talk with me and then go sleep. Get up, eat more food, listen to a little talk, and go sleep. If that's all I did, would... Would I grow to be strong? I, I'd only grow large. That's all I'd become. So for me, this third essential connection of service is this, that just as exercise is to our physical body, so service is to your soul. And you will find when you actually serve, you will find yourself growing in your spiritual life, applying those things that you hear. Number two, what happens when you serve? You get to see my shirt. You get to participate in something bigger than yourself. And, and I'll tell you, God's made us for that. He, he's made us to participate in his eternal work. And when we serve others, we see that our lives are not so self-centered, but we actually bless. God uses us to bless other people. And we even get to participate in this beautiful global mission of God. And your spiritual life is energized. When you serve, you know the joy of the Lord. Just believe me in that. When you see God use you, you, see, you sense the joy of the Lord. And then third, what's so beautiful about service is when you serve, you draw closer to those you serve and to those with whom you serve. Um, all of you who are in the military, you know this is true, right? So you, it, when you're in the trenches, 
with a couple of people, then all these little piddling things that well, there seem to be unimportant. I don't like those shoes that you're wearing. I don't like those sounds that you're making when you're trying to run. You just, you just don't, you're just glad to have somebody with you because you have a common goal. You've got to win that battle. Um, in the same way today with Super Bowl that's going to happen with, where guys are working together to try to win that game against the foe that's on the other side of the ball. It draw, draws us together. And I'll tell you, when we're serving God and bringing the implications of the gospel out into our world and see how hard it is, sometimes the resistance of the kingdom of this world are there. And as you're working together with someone alongside of them, your life will be knit together to him or to her. Um, Today, as I drove in, it didn't surprise me, but I saw two cars here at Lake next to one another. One had a Trump sticker, and the other one had a Bernie sticker. I said, how is this going to work out? <laughs> and how is this going to work out for us in this coming year at Lake Avenue Church? I'll tell you, one of the things God has given us, so that even while we may retain and, and further our political commitments, is that as we serve together in the kingdom of God, this matter of our love of Jesus and our desire to give witness to Jesus and to bring the love and compassion of Jesus will trump everything. <laughs> I, I hadn't thought about that. Didn't make it in the first, but it will. This is what takes place. You grow, the people that you serve benefit from it, and then you're drawn together uh, to bring glory to God. Oh, I pray that that's going to be seen through us. So I'll end with just a story or two here because I, I want you to see what makes this real. So again, I wrote the pastor's ministry council and they sent me notes. Pastor Bill Mead sent me an email. And he first started talking about when um, he serves alongside of Peter Gazanian, one of our young adults uh, in the Emotionally Healthy uh, Spirituality Ministry, how that has forged them into a, a close relationship. But then he also started talking about serving with the whole Rich Caston family. Um, that's with Rich. I think I have a picture. You see it there. Uh, Bia and Isaiah and Talia and Seth and Skyler. And um, Pastor Bill wrote me, through serving together, despite our age differences, can you tell that there's one who's older than, than the rest? <laughs> I don't want to make Pastor Bill feel bad, but I think you can see that. He said many decades of difference. We have moved from ministry colleagues to friends. See, one of the biggest divisions that churches even around America are facing is this generational matter. I think one of the secrets is when we serve together, then we want to worship together. Then we'll pray for one another. So Bill is right about that. It's not just pastors, though. I got a wonderful letter from Ministry Council Division Chair uh, Kathy Holloman. And Kathy uh, wrote me this. Our m &E, uh, division made a decision not just to have meetings together, but also to serve together. For example, we sometimes take over a serving at the Lake Avenue Church community meal where people from the community who need food come in. And so we have uh, some pictures here. That's little Charlotte uh, Veltman. See, children can serve too. Isn't that wonderful? And we'll show you a few more pictures as I read uh, Kathy's letter. She said, we prepare the meal, then we serve the meal together. And doing this has drawn us together and has helped us to get to know each other better in ways that sitting in meetings cannot. Uh, it has also given faces to many of the people in our neighborhood that Jesus has called us to care for. And then she said, the more we serve, the more we want to serve individually and corporately. I found that to be true, and I'm sure so many of you have as well. And then finally, in a very different kind of way of serving, 
uh, Nancy Stiles, who's the executive director of the Lake Avenue Community Foundation. Before she was ever the executive director, she was involved especially in the Teen Moms program. And so she wrote me this wonderful story uh, about her mentee, a uh, beautiful woman named Sandra. I, I have their pictures up here. So she said, uh, when I got to know Sandra, my mentee from our Teen Moms program, I, I went into the relationship thinking I had some things to share with her and to teach her. Parenting advice, spiritual advice, and so forth. And while that was somewhat true, Nancy said, I also learned so much from her. Resilience hospitality, and a relentless commitment to making a better life for her daughter. Seeing scripture through her eyes was so amazing, and my own experience of Jesus' love was enriched by seeing and hearing her experience, his love. And then this phrase that Nancy, I want you to look at this that she wrote me. Walking together through life's challenges, challenges for both of us, has bound us together forever. See, this is how the glory of God is going to be made known in our divided world. And this is a gift that God has given us. The ability, the necessity of us serving together. I know you always say, oh, preachers always preach about serving. They just want us to do things in church. And I do. But I hope you see it's more than that. It's a real love of you. It's, it's what God has given to you. And it, it will be a blessing to you. So how in a church like ours can you find out where God might have you to serve? Uh, I decided I'd give that, punt that over to somebody who can do better than I can to let you know. My colleague, my brother, Jeff Madison. Jeff, come and let us know where we might go from here. Uh, hello. 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 I, can, I, I come in here during the week and just talk to myself so I can reach you. Uh, Please pull out your worship folder, and there's an insert in there that says Serve at Lake. If everybody could grab that as we talk through it a little bit. Uh, we've spent a lot of time uh, making sure that we wanted to give a very tangible, very clear way for you to respond uh, both last week and this week to the service opportunity. So these are not, uh, this is not a comprehensive list of every place to serve at Lake Avenue, but these are put together based on our most immediate needs and based on different levels of engagement. You'll see if you open it up on the connecting ministries, we need people right now to help in our parking lot and to help greet. That's a very low relational kind of opportunity. It requires you to be here just a little bit more before the service, um, but it has high impact, huge impact for us. One of our dreams this year is that our parking ministry uh, would be fully led by our church, and we can, we can staff that every weekend multiple times. So things like that. But then if you move through, you'll see under our outreach ministries, we have different opportunities. Some of those have to do with our, our uh, prison ministry and with our mentoring partnership that we have with the Lake Avenue Community Foundation. Then some technical jobs, and on the back, we have all of our children and student ministry opportunities. We're asking you to look at those, to consider those, to see what the commitments are, to try them out. There's nothing, there's no hard sell here. I want to say this, I am so proud to be part of this church because there is a legacy of service that extends beyond the walls of Lake Avenue Church as Lake Avenue Church. Just yesterday, I was in the Little League that our family is a part of, and I'm coaching T-ball, and it was a coach's clinic. And I was not surprised that when I showed up to see who all the coaches were in the league this year, that there was a healthy representation of Lake Avenue Church men, 
Or when we have joined scouting, noticing that the families and the people who are leading scouting are Lake Avenue church people. Or when we joined an elementary school a year ago, a local public school, and we get there, and there's a whole fraternity of Lake Avenue boys, my son's age, and families that are not just going to school there, but serving. When I go out to eat, seeing people in our congregation sitting with those they are mentoring through the foundation, there is so much service that happens through the life of Lake Avenue Church because we have adopted a lifestyle that we believe God hasn't just called us to coach T-ball to, to benefit my kid, but it's an opportunity for me to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ there and to build relationships with people and to be his representative there. We do this so faithfully throughout this valley, throughout this county, throughout this state. What's represented here this weekend are things that are really important for us as it relates to what happens on our campus and the high-priority partnerships that we have sensed God call us to. It's not to keep you more busy. It's not to say, hey, stop doing all those great things you're doing out there so that you can be, do more things here. But it is about a rhythm of li- and a lifestyle of service that we believe, as Greg has just preached, God has called us to. And so please, very seriously, consider, if you are serving somewhere already, uh, praise God, thank you. You now have a prayer guide of where we need more people to serve. If you're not serving anywhere, there's lots of opportunity for you to explore and to to kind of get a taste of it. Last week, we had the weather, right? And we had all of our opportunities in the lobby, and we had an incredible response. So many of you signed up and said, I'm ready to be in a a grace-filled community. This weekend, we have great weather outside. And so outside, as you've walked in, you probably already saw, every ministry that is represented on this handout has a table out there and has people who are actually serving in these ministries to talk to you about what it looks like, what the commitment is, and what it's like. Now, I promise you this. We'd run into each other a lot of places in this city, me and you. One of the places that you will never run into me is a mall, because you can't even walk in a mall now without right people wanting you to buy something from those middle kiosks and harassing you. And if, you, if that's your job, I'm sorry. I have been a terrible witness because I don't make eye contact with you, and I just want to leave, right? It is, we're not going to do that to you out there. This isn't a hard sell. It's not a mall. They're just tables with real-life people who are serving in these roles who just want to talk to you if you have questions about what it looks like. This isn't uh, anything where we believe there's anything we can do to convince you to do this. We believe that's the Holy Spirit moving in your life, and our job is just to be faithful to show you the opportunities and places. I will say this as we kind of close this idea especially when I think about our student ministry and our children's ministry, I pray that this year, as we go all in at Lake Avenue together and we become part of something bigger, that what you see on some of these things are just baseline needs that a church has to to be at the baseline what we think we've been called to be. I think what prevents us from dreaming about more or what dreams us, how would we reach more kids and more students for the gospel? How can we have mobilized volunteers and people to to go out on campuses or to go to sporting events or to partner with Young Life more and things like that? We have so much trouble just covering our bases sometimes that it prevents us from the kind of Holy Spirit dreaming that I believe God wants us to do as a church. So these are not just nice things. These are really important things for the life of the church. And I pray, I pray, I pray, we pray that if you are not serving somewhere that you would not just serve to check the box but you would serve and experience the kind of life that Greg has just preached because it is a good life. And if you want a sample of that out there in our, in our, uh, our ministry fair, 
um, please check that out. So what you'll do is you will fill out this form today, and if you're ready to get more information on that, on your way out, you'll see ushers with places for you to put that, or you can go take them out to the ministry fair. Um, But also, if you're not ready to fill this out today, there's nothing magical about this piece of paper and today. So hold on to it and pray over it. And when you're ready, bring it back and just put it in the offering or hand it to an usher, hand it to a pastor or anybody here that looks like they know what they're doing and we will follow up with you. It's that important. So as the musicians come forward and we close with one more song, uh, let me pray for us as a church uh, that what we have heard today wouldn't just be a wonderful sermon, but it would penetrate our hands and our feet and our minds and our hearts and it would move us to action. Father, we are thankful that you are a God who served us, not just in creating us, but again, in sending your son and desiring relationship with us. We are so uh, in awe of that. And God, I would pray for us as a congregation that what's represented on this handout, on this form, God, that you would supply all the people needed for these things. And then in three months from now, the form would look totally different with new opportunities because you are speaking and you are moving among us and we are simply being obedient. I pray for those here who this would be a huge step. This is a scary thing to kind of go a little bit more in here. And I pray that you would give them peace and confidence to fill out the form, to turn it in and to trust you and to trust us as a congregation. We love you, Lord. We want to honor you with all of our lives all of our worship, all of our relationships, and all the way that we demonstrate our love for you by the way we serve and love the world you placed us in. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.